This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. Welcome back to another exciting episode of our podcast. I'm your host, Ben Krakowski. As we eagerly continue to anticipate the upcoming Packers versus Bears game, last time we talked about the challenges that may be too difficult to overcome on Sunday. Today we dive into why the Packers could win this game on Sunday. And one of the primary reasons the Packers are poised to succeed is the shaky state of this Bears offensive line. Last season, the Bears avoided passing plays more than any other NFL team due to concerns about their subpar offensive line. In the offseason, they invested heavily in improving that offensive line, but injuries have disrupted their plans. Their promising offensive lineman, Tevin Jenkins, is sidelined with a leg injury, while Nate Davis, a significant free agent acquisition, had a limited participation in offseason activities. Furthermore, Rookie Darnell Wright is tasked with starting on the right side at right tackle, which is never easy as a rookie, especially on a new and relatively weak offensive line. Adding to the concern, Lucas Patrick, who is expected to start at center, is coming off a season-ending injury and has never been an above-average player for them. So the Bears have a huge list of issues on their offensive line, which a lot of data says cohesiveness, year-to-year stability along the offensive line is super important to their overall production. And the Bears basically have three new starters on their offensive line to start the season. The only bright part is that left tackle Braxton Jones, to me, looks like the real deal going into his second NFL season, which is a huge win for the Bears. This offensive line, though, is going to make mistakes. They're going to have false starts. They're going to hold. They're going to give up on block pressures because of miscommunication. And all that is going to make it a lot harder for this offense to be efficient, and especially for a guy like Justin Fields, who still has to prove it as a real quarterback. And that's the second reason why the Packers have a real chance to win this game is that Justin Fields, despite his immense potential, is still an unproven quarterback in the NFL. Excluding scrambles, Fields ranked last in EPA per dropback last season, making him the least effective passer in the league. Justin Fields, based on almost every statistical measure when it comes to his effectiveness as a passer in the NFL, it's bad. It's really bad. Out of 41 qualifying quarterbacks last season, Fields was ranked 36th, only ahead of Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson, Taylor Heineke, and Joe Flacco. Justin Fields has only had a few seasons, but it hasn't been good so far, and maybe it will change in year three, but one of the biggest reason, reasons he hasn't been able to throw is that he's been under so much pressure, but now this offensive line that they were trying to get to be even just an average unit probably won't be there because of all the turnover and injuries they've faced this offseason, and this is notable as well. Since 2000, there have only been two quarterbacks who have played at least 50% of offensive snaps for a team that have had a higher sack percentage than Justin Fields. Justin Fields invites pressure more than any QB, and it results in sacks. And some of that is on the offensive line, but most of that is on the QB. QBs and their ability to get the ball out quick and on time is a huge determinant if pressure becomes sacks. And Justin Fields has not been able to mature in those ways, and it leads to a lot of negative plays for the Bears. I loved Fields coming out. But from what we have seen from him so far as a true dropback passing quarterback, he is not a franchise quarterback. 
numerals trace, the Packers can dominate this Bears defensive line. In 2022, the Packers boasted an efficient running game, ranking ninth in EPA per play when running the football, third in success rate. Conversely, the Bears' run defense struggled, ranking 28th in EPA per play allowed and 26th in the success rate. This matchup heavily favors the Packers as their strong ground game could pose significant problems for the Bears. Examining the Bears' defensive line, it's evident that some of their starters, such as Justin Jones, Yannick Ngakwe, are among the worst run defenders in the league. This defensive line has some real holes, and with those holes, I don't think this new linebacking core for the Bears will be able to run freely to make plays because of the mishaps up front. The Packers' proficiency in running the ball could force the Bears' linebackers to remain engaged in the run defense, limiting their ability to make plays in coverage. This, in turn, might open up opportunities for Jordan Love to execute play-action passes effectively, which will allow Jordan Love not to feel so much pressure to drive down the field on his own. And if the Bears commit to stopping the run, Love should have plenty of space to make the necessary throws to take it down the field. And even on passing downs, I don't think any of these Bears players have any sort of pass rush prowess to get after Jordan Love, making this a dream scenario for Jordan Love's first preferred NFL start. Number four, this Bears team has improved, but not as much as you might think. While the Bears have made several additions to the roster, the extent of their improvement may be somewhat exaggerated. Exaggerated. They added talent players, talented players, Dante Foreman and Roshan Johnson, but lost David Montgomery, a longtime starter. Although the combination of the new additions might provide more depth, it doesn't necessarily translate to a substantial upgrade in impact player at the running back position. The acquisition of DJ Moore at wide receiver is commendable, but it's essential to recognize that Moore, while good, is not an elite number one wide receiver. He has consistently maintained an offensive PFF grade just below 80 throughout his career. In addition to Moore, the Bears acquired Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis at tight end, former Packers, but these guys are considered average players at best. And then evaluating their offensive line, the Bears have a rookie and an injury-ridden player starting, while Lucas Patrick is not likely to be an above-average performer. Then defensively, they added Demarcus Walker, an above-average 4-3 defensive end, an okay nose tackle on Andrew Billings, a couple rookie interior defensive linemen, but nothing, not some elite player. They did upgrade their linebacker position, but they had a great linebacker in Rokon Smith, and when he left, he was elite for the Ravens. How will these linebackers fare in this defense? Then it's the same secondary as last year, except a rookie cornerback who may start in Tyreek Stevenson. But if he starts, that probably says something worse about their former draft picks than it does about Tyreek Stevenson. So to me, the Bears added no elite players. They added a good receiver and some good linebackers. And after that, it was just upgrading position groups from bad to average. And that's a big jump up. But it's not to the point that this team should be winning a ton of games. I'm not sure why teams are betting on the fact that the Bears are going to win eight games this year or whatever it is or win the NFC North that seems outright just illogical to me this is still a bad Bears team this is kind of like the Lions last year where the Lions were improving and people were like oh my gosh bet the Lions they're gonna win the NFC North or something and they they don't um but and they win nine games which is good but it wasn't like they were like some elite team they had good moments, but they were not an elite team yet. Their team was had so many holes all over that roster, and I think the Bears are in a very, very similar situation. The Bears could win nine games, sure, if Justin Fields steps up, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. And so while the Bears have made some strides, the Packers have significant advantages in terms of the Bears' offensive line woes, Justin Fields' unproven status as a passer, the Packers' dominance in the running game, and the incremental nature of the Bears' improvements just isn't enough. Losing to a team like the Bears would be a severe disappointment for the Packers' front office and this whole overall team-building effort. 
which honestly gets me into my season predictions. So if Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are not healthy for this game, I don't think the Packers will win. I don't. And if they are healthy for this game or the next couple of games, the Packers could really start out slow. So we won't know until Sunday how healthy they both really are. If these two, Dobbs and Watson, are healthy, I think the Packers will start the year 3-2. and two. They can beat the Bears in week one. But if they are not, I think the Packers could start the year 0-4. If that happens, there will be four huge games on the schedule. The Raiders in week five the Rams in week nine, the Bucks in week 15, the Panthers in week 16. Okay. If the Packers are 0-4 in these first four games, those f- next four games that I just mentioned will honestly determine if the Packers have the seventh pick in the NFL draft or the number one pick in the NFL draft. I 100% believe that because if the Packers go 0-4 to start the year against this schedule that I'm seeing right now and go 0-4 in those games that I just mentioned... The Cardinals are going to win a game. They're going to pop out a game. The Kyler Murray is going to probably come back and you could get the number one pick. If such a scenario unfolds, the Packers, if they start the year, are 0-4. They should consider parting ways with their remaining major veteran guys, Preston Smith, Russell Douglas, Darnell Savage, Dave Bakhtari, Josh Nyman, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, and focus on securing the number one overall all pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Caleb Williams is considering not going into the draft if he does not like the team. That to me sounds like he does not like the Cardinals. The Cardinals are the team he is looking at as like, I do not want to play the Cardinals. There's no reason he would say that right now if everyone knows it's going to be the Cardinals right now. If it's the Packers and you have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Malik Heath, uh, Luke Musgrave, a good offensive line, a bunch of talent on defense, I think he would come out in the NFL draft because he has to understand every team I'm going to go to is the number one pick is going to be bad. That would be the best team I've ever seen. Probably get a number one pick would be the Packers team that they would have built up ready to go for him. So if those two guys are healthy though, if Christian Watson or Dobbs do play on Sunday, I think this and this Packers team is relatively healthy for the year. I think this Packers team will compete, but finish with just a record of eight, nine missing out on the playoffs and regret not trading away those major players at the trade deadline that I just mentioned. I believe Rashawn Gary, if DeMar Hamlin doesn't win it, could win comeback player of the year. I think he's going to be that good this season. I think Luke Musgrave could be the best statistical rookie tight end ever. Over 800 yards receiving, six touchdowns. He's going to be good. I think Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs could be regarded as a top 10 duo in the NFL at receiver if they stay healthy. Finally, I think no matter what happens, the Packers will be drafting a QB in the 2024 NFL draft, even after a good enough season from Jordan Love and having Sean Clifford, who surprisingly showed up as a reliable backup QB to develop, the Packers are going to continue to start investing in the quarterback position because they, I don't think, are going to be fully settled on Jordan Love after the season, even if it's above average. So that's all we have today, folks. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks, guys.